live from the fish tank. It's your host, Ron. Welcome back to yet another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. A very, very busy show this week. We have a great guest, someone I'm thrilled to uh, talk with, someone who I probably interact with in the chat uh, more than most, and someone who can uh, outdo me in a battle of wits, in a battle of humor, and in a battle of fantasy skills, so I'm sure you'll all appreciate that conversation knowing that Alex is living out the fantasy of everybody else in here of just beating me at all facets of everything fantasy-related. We also have a lot to talk about. Um, Usually, I would take maybe the the little trade activity that we have and and put it in with the uh, the recaps for each sport. But uh, Barry, presumably on a binge of cocaine, alcohol, and hookers, decided to... Um, trade away his entire hockey team in addition to the couple basketball trades, couple football trades, and handful of baseball trades that went down. So we're just going to have our own little trade segment. And I'm going to give my uh, opinion on all these trades, which will surely be the incorrect opinion when all is said and done. But you'll get my opinion regardless, um, especially looking forward to the hockey ones, have a chance to kind of dig into the uh, the prospects a little bit. And uh, with that, oh, I'm sorry. There is one last thing to uh, to talk about here in this open before we we get into our interview here, and that is last time I left you all, uh, Corbin Burns had been named the National League Cy Young Award winner, but since then, uh, Bryce Harper was named the National League MVP. So that's a lot of fun. Glad to see my boy Bryce getting the recognition he deserves. A very well uh, put together season, and I think he deserved MVP. I think he uh, really came on so strong in the second half, slugged the hell out of the ball, and just overall was the 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 biggest offensive force in baseball this year. Um, I mean, probably behind Vladdy, of course. I mean, Vlad Guerrero probably wins MVP in the National League. He wins MVP in the American League if you don't have a a two-way player performing both sides of the ball at that level that Otani did. But regardless, massive massive season for Harper. I'm not going to pass up the chance to to brag about that. You know, the walleye having the National League, Cy Young, and MVP. It's It's a pretty cool combo, if you ask me. But you, you guys have uh, suffered enough listening to me roster bait over here, so I'll uh, kick this off into our interview now. All right, I am here with our guest this week. Should be a very good phone conversation. I'm here with the guy who uh, does everything that I like to think I'm good at, but he does it better than me between fantasy sports humor, uh, just generally being entertaining in the chat. Uh, welcome, Alex. How's it going, Ron? Glad uh, to be here. I, I'm glad you're here. Uh, doing pretty well, though. I mean, it is currently a Tuesday night. Um, there is still plenty of time in my matchup with Josh and basketball, so I haven't had that existential sense of dread quite yet. Um. But other than that, doing doing well. well that's good. Uh, I'm only one day in with my matchup with Chris, and afraid I'm going to lose. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, just it's Josh and I just kind of know what to expect. Like, I don't have any real, uh, any real d- delusions that I'm going to win. So that probably helps. But uh, yeah, let's we can start getting into things. And I believe we wanted to start at the top with the fact that uh, you and I we had a trade uh, just a, a few days ago in football where i acquired amari cooper from you after uh, a couple days of trying to not bother you while you thought about it but maybe not doing the best job that i could have of not bothering you while you thought about it uh you weren't bad or anything uh usually the the talking to me especially with like the bats back bat signal can't say that right now uh image was pretty funny so i enjoyed it at least yeah yeah that was that was decent um oh yeah i, I sent that on, on thursday after after matt ryan happened that's right yeah. <laughs> yeah, i'm not gonna lie we uh talked about cooper and i was like oh, i wonder if i could get anything else for this guy and i started offering him around other people i mean i I am aware of a owner doing that with you and I in another sport, so it happens. Yeah. Uh, Specifically, I I did offer him up to Chris against you. It ended up, it wouldn't have mattered because of COVID, but I thought that would have been kind of funny if Chris ended up wanting him and completing a deal. I mean, I would have been salty, but yeah, that would have been really funny yeah, from a neutral point of view. Um, all, as you said, ultimately, it didn't matter, but I was definitely a little nervous going into that matchup with Chris, not having Robert Woods, going up against Mahomes and Dak, and I really thought that trying to add a guy like Mari Cooper, who was very much my first choice of wide receivers, I totally did not ask a bunch of other teams outside the playoff picture and got turned down. Um, yeah, but... Didn't matter because in true Fargo uh, walleye fashion, he got COVID. <laughs> you, you you can't draw that up. You can't write that any any more better. That's not good grammar. Well, good for you, Jonathan Taylor. Had the best week in DSAC history. Yes, as we speak. Yes, that is that really that really helped. That really helped. Um, and just a spoiler alert for some people, when I get into the football recaps, I'm going to have like a solid minute on Jonathan Taylor alone. So just be prepared for that. I'm pretty sad how uh, Derrick Henry, because now like Jonathan Taylor had that huge game and then people are, are trying to throw him in the MVP conversations, which is fair. Um, but it seems like this like no quarterback is really outshining uh, every other quarterback out there. So it seems like this is potentially a year where we might have a not quarterback win. I'm kind of sad that Derrick Henry has just kind of missed out on that opportunity. Yeah, that is real unfortunate that there isn't really a, uh, a particularly strong quarterback who, as you said, is, is head and shoulders above the rest. Um, that could be a really good Patrick Mahomes joke now that I think about it, but that's not. Um, and yeah, Henry is unfortunately not there to 
to get his 30 carries a game and, and put up a 2,000-yard season again. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I think you can be a little uh, little satisfied that the Titans, you know, with the exception of last week, have, have done well without him, and they're still leading the division by a good a good margin yet. Yeah, they, they really struggle when their uh, best receivers are hurt. So, like, A.J. Brown got hurt in the game. Julio is on IR. And all of their other receivers just can't get open. And then they don't have uh, Derrick Henry to pull extra defenders into the box. So, our offense is not pretty right now. Yeah, that's definitely not a uh, a great recipe for success. But it is the AFC South. Um, I believe you still you still have one game against Houston and Jacksonville, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's at least two games you should probably uh, at least win. I know Houston gave you guys trouble last week, but I I don't expect that to happen again. Yeah, uh, just it's gonna be a matter of health, I think. For sure. Um, while we're on the topic of football, do we want to uh, kind of have you give a brief thoughts on your uh, on your team so far? Sorry to see that Philip Lindsay got cut today. Like I knew he was a cap dump in the Cooper <laughs> trade. I didn't think he would be like cut by Houston. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I. I don't. I wasn't really planning on using him. Um, I, I figured, but still, that's that's you don't want you don't like to see that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it is what it is. Um, I my football team has been surprisingly not terrible, um, and by that I mean we've won a few games and we've had some close uh, close weeks where we weren't supposed to win. I That's believe, kind of all I could really ask for this I, year. Yeah, and I believe you have one week of leading the whole league in scoring, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened that week, but well, I know what happened for my team. I don't know what happened with the rest of the league. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically everybody I had just scored touchdowns. Yeah, no, um, one, no one can take that away from you. Yeah. Helped me, got me three points in the all sports standings. I don't know if anybody noticed, but at some points earlier in the season, I had like three kickers on my roster. And I was just like trying to get the kicker who's going to end up uh, number one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to game the system to get as many all sport category oh, points. Oh my goodness. I. I did not like. I, I may. I don't know if I remembered if you had multiple kickers or not, but that is like some real good strategy. Like I, I respect the hell out of that. That's that is just that's fantastic. But I have noticed that football, the way it's set up, if you can dominate in football, I believe there's a bigger market share of league standing points in football compared to all other sports. Yeah, I, I haven't actually looked into it, but. I did because I was a little salty. I think that was when I was trying to like just grasp at straws to pin anything on Chris that I could. And I think my logic was that if he thinks he can be really good at football, 
he can try to game the system to to win the league overall by adding all these extra things that football can get your points for. Like no other sport has like best score of the week or best player of the week. It's only football. Yeah, but football also doesn't have any categories. Yeah. I, I am seeing though that a championship victory in football is fifteen. Championship football or championship victory in baseball is only ten. Oh. Feeling a little cheated here, Chris. Wow. And here we are live on the podcast coming up with just adding to the ever growing list of ways that Chris is uh, sketchy. I think we'll use the word sketchy out of respect for Chris so far, but I could say a lot worse. All right, I'm going to pull up basketball, see if it's the same. I'll pull up hockey while you're doing that. We'll cover ground. Yeah, it's 10 for a basketball, too. All right, in hockey, it is, after my computer will uh, load here. Okay. There we go, okay. Hockey is 10. There you have it. Yeah, not only does football have more week-to-week ways to earn points, but winning in football is, is worth more. Hmm. Although I, th- I think we can at least defend Chris a little bit here and say that he probably did that on purpose because Dylan won football last year, and I think we all know that Chris doesn't want to pay international shipping. That's true. But, uh, oh well. That is, uh, Chris will have to answer for that tomorrow. I'm sure Barry or Ping will be the first to listen to this, and they'll take him to task in the chat. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for, for someone else to tag him. I feel like he probably just gets annoyed when I tag him with grievances. That's fair. But yeah, definitely, definitely a football team of yours that has a little bit more, a little bit more fight and some pride that you know other teams in the league may not have with uh, with the, maybe the on paper level of talent. Yeah, I mean, we're we're doing what we can. We're making people earn their wins. Oh, I, I had to earn that win in week one. I was so scared. That was, I and I believe that was Robert Woods catching a touchdown in like the last like three minutes of the Rams game. I think like that's what it took for me to pass you. I think it was even less than that. I, I was just trying to be a little little safe with my timing, so I don't say things that are incorrect. But I, I do think it was less than that too. Yeah, I just remember I was walking my dogs and uh like i said a week or two ago in the chat i don't i don't we don't have cable and with verizon um the nfl app will just play whatever game free uh, that's that's playing in your area so i use my phone to watch uh titans games each week and then uh, I was watching that one because it was down to the wire, and I I was just really hoping that they ran the ball in, but no, they they went for a pass. Thank goodness. I, I, I don't remember what I was going to say, but I think I remember that I had something, at least something that I thought was funny teed up to put in. I don't know if it was like a, a Snapchat thing or whatever, or if I just had something funny to say in general, but I, I was prepared to... to 
take myself to task on on that loss had I, had I done it yet again with you. Well, you got to do that when you lost Dylan. Yeah, that I, I I hope that wasn't too annoying for some people. I mean, I'm sure it was cathartic for some people watching me get really upset at myself, living out what everyone else thinks of me on a daily basis. But yeah, that was that was a bit of a uh, a bit a bit of a, a volume night for me in the chat. Making a making a Spotify playlist with like just ten different songs titled "Loser." <laughs> yeah, I think I had actually like gone to sleep already, and then I woke up and I had all these messages, and I was just just laughing for a little bit in the morning. It was, oh. it was pretty fun to wake up. I'm glad that at least some of my uh, my rants can can be seen as funny for some people. The last thing I want to do is be annoying and not funny. I'd rather be annoying and at least kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who do you have this week? For what? Uh, football. I have Tom, which uh, is, is another team that is making people work for their win. Yeah, I mean, Spencer inspired him. I'm really hoping that Kamara is back this week, and I don't know if Mark Ingram starting. But uh, while I revenge game Mark Ingram, I traded him to Tom and when I got T.Y. Hilton, I believe. So when, uh-huh. when, wouldn't that be something if I lose to Tom, and it's in part due to a, a former walleye? Also a former frostbite. Yeah. I remember paying up to get him and then being sorely disappointed when he just didn't do anything for me. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, my draft, I drafted all these older guys thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to win this year. And then they all like bottomed out in the age curve at the same time. Yeah. You saw what Josh was doing in the other sports. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do what Josh is doing. And then it just, yeah. didn't, <laughs> just didn't work out. Yeah. Like true breeze got hurt and then retired. Matt Ryan, kind of. I mean, the Falcons in general just kind of fell off. Yeah, I don't, and even as the current Ryan owner, I don't, I don't think that's Matt Ryan being bad. As you said, I think it's just Atlanta being bad and Matt Ryan, yeah, being the the victim in that. Yeah, Mark Ingram just didn't really do anything for a bit. Who else did I have? Uh, you had Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. He's not old, but. He wasn't doing much, and then I think the first game you had him, he had like his best game of the year. It's like, okay, cool. Where was that? Yeah, I don't remember if it was his first game or not, but it was definitely like his first or second game, and he was the 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 uh, the lead scorer for the week. He was the high scorer for all individual players that week, and then I traded him away. I forget who I traded him to. Um, I think it was Paolo, because Paolo then traded him to Josh for Galladay in the offseason. And then Mixon just hurt himself and like just didn't play like the rest of the year, and I felt kind of bad about the timing on that. <laughs> like, sorry, pal. Yeah, but uh, not after he was able to uh, implant the uh, the false Fargo playbooks or whatever it was that led to that crushing defeat. I think that was our that was our story. Just Joe Mixon just sabotaged my team from the inside, <laughs> sent from you. Yeah, exactly. I since we just mentioned him, I'm going to need Paolo to clarify how to pronounce his name because I always thought it was Paolo. And then when Spencer started doing the pod, he would always say Paolo. 
So I have no idea if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, I always pronounce it almost like, think of it like, like Paolo Gasol, Paolo. Yeah, I think that's what I do too. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't try to pronounce it like Paul, but we'll see. I mean, it could be that could just be like a, a West Coast thing. But so, anyways, I think we we spent uh, like a long time on on football as it is already. Um, since the last time you were on the podcast, uh, you won the baseball title. You you beat uh, you beat Josh, who was seen as this very uh, unbeatable force. Although if I had beaten Spencer, I kept track of it. I would have beaten Josh in the semis. So Josh should be thankful that Spencer beat me and allowed him to pick up those extra all D points by making it to the finals before he lost. But that's okay. Don't yeah, ask what would have uh, happened in the finals if I had played you. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't keep track for that. I don't care to, to know the result. Yeah, you, you I definitely didn't either. Me. Um, <laughs> I mean, my strategy probably could have changed. It, it, it was a pretty daunting task when I went in there because usually I have like an advantage in uh, starting pitchers. So I rack up strikeouts and quality starts a good amount. But when I like just looked at the schedule for Josh, I think I had maybe one two-star pitcher, and he had like four. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it was just like okay. <laughs> and then he also said he doesn't have as many relievers as I do either. So yeah, that'll. It was just like okay, I can't rely on my normal strategy here. So I had to do the whole benching starters at the end thing because I didn't really have a chance at strikeouts. And got to save those ratios. Yeah, exactly. But it worked out. Um, I don't know if Josh listens to the pod much, but... Uh, I think he does. A plug again. Undefeated against the whale in baseball. No one thought we could do it. Oh, even in like the regular season too? Uh, yeah, we tied him once in the regular season. And then won the other matchup. Oh, I th- I think I think it was like maybe like a category difference across both matchups because <laughs> it was a tie and then a oh, very wow. close matchup. So it was it was not like I dominated him, but hey, yeah. indi- indicative of two real real strong teams, and I think we can see that across all sports with you two. That's, I mean, maybe with the exception of football, but I, th- I, th- I think we can all know that you're like a really good owner, even with football, even if the results aren't there yet. But baseball, definitely where it was a bit more, a bit more obvious. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I guess I haven't announced my uh, free agent uh, re-signings yet, so... You know what? I might as well just do it on the pod. Okay. Yeah. I will I will not turn down breaking news here. This is this is big. Who are we who are we extending in Fargo? Well, uh, the first one's probably obvious. Uh I just traded for Jose Abreu. So re-signing him. Oh definitely. yeah. Definitely. I guess I I guess there's no I know you'd already turned me down on I think there was one of my guys you were possibly looking around, but I guess uh bringing in Abreu nixes that and moves out uh the last guy you were debating on yeah i was uh yeah basically it did um yeah jose abreu 
hopefully he can just if he just does what he did last year, I'll be more than happy. And that's what he's done. He's very consistent. So we'll uh, we'll uh, re-sign him for two years. And don't worry, Chris, I'll I'll send you a DM. No, no, no. Make make Chris take notes. Make him make him pause the pod. <laughs> find a pen and paper and write it down. Jose Abreu, two-year extension. And let's see. We'll also give Josh Donaldson a two-year extension. Oh, two years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like doing the two years thing just because yeah, it true. doesn't work out. I can just drop him at the end of the year. Yep. Makes sense. And then, like, if he, for whatever, if I gave him a one year and he was, like, really good, I'm not going to be able to resign him after that. Yeah, that's true. I, I kind of had to play some some cap gymnastics planning out for, like, second extensions with my mine, too, so. Let's see. I'm trying to do this in order of how much money their new contract will be. So next we'll have Isaac Iglesias. We'll also give him a two-year contract. That was a bad trade by me. I, I think I gave him and a draft pick to you for Adam Adovino. Yeah, that, uh, that was he was on the Yankees when that happened, right? Yeah, that was when I was trying to get a, an all-Yankees bullpen. I I then traded away uh, Liam Hendricks in a third round pick for Dylan Batances. You know he was already gone from the Yankees. But, um, I also but, did not expect Iglesias to be as good as he's been. Yeah, I mean he was was he was he on the the all ballpark team? Uh, let me check. He was last year. I don't know if he was. Yeah, and by last year I mean twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was reliever number two. Ian Hendricks was number one, I believe, so go yeah. me. <laughs> Anyways, I don't mean to keep interrupting you after every single player. <laughs> Next we'll get, uh, so that's three. Next we'll get Austin Hayes. Give him, yet again, a two-year contract. Next we will get Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas was a he was awful on the Cardinals. And then they traded him for I think John Lester. Uh, to the Nationals, and then he was really good with the Nationals. So we're gonna give him a little prove a deal. Give him one year uh two million dollar extension. And that leaves Blake Trinan. As my sixth, uh, at the 750K. Yeah, it's a really good value deal. Yeah, I, was, I think he was my last pick in the startup draft. And he's been pretty good. So uh, I guess for trying in, I didn't say how many years. Uh, I'll say three years. Oh, you're, you're going to go up to that 2 million mark. Oh, wait. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Two years. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want the two million mark. We want him as cheap as possible. Yeah, you are cutting it pretty close with your your salary this year. Yeah. So there you go. Breaking news on the pot. Hey, I think we've done a pretty good job of of getting uh, big league happenings on the pod these last uh, last few weeks. So I'm all, I'm all here for for that to to get the uh, the bump on the pod to get interest going. 
group so people know they have to tune in to find the latest breaking news in the league. Yeah, I was low-key hoping that uh, the trade from the other sport that you mentioned earlier would be breaking on the pod, but it will not be. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. I'm aware of the situation. I'm sure you are too, and I know you probably know I'm going to do my best to not let that happen, so we'll uh, we'll see. Same, right back at you. Yeah, you don't need him. You don't need the extra help right now. I think we can uh, we can go there here shortly. I'm going to do a quick stop and then start again here. Uh, we can move over to hockey, where you are absolutely dominating everybody. I am currently in second place, and I don't know if you took the standings lately or not. Do you know how big your lead is on me? Yeah, I know it was. The last time I saw it, I think it was 16-ish. Yeah, yeah, 16, exactly. You and and I could theoretically face off. I could wipe the floor with you 12-0, and you'd still be up on me by four games. (laughs) That's, we're five, what, five matchups in? Six matchups in? Something like that. That's that's a ridiculous. You're 57, 11, and four. You've lost 11 categories all year. That's, that's, That's nutty. I'm going to credit it to the uh, Anaheim Ducks. I don't... Poor one out for Kevin Shattenkirk, huh? What was that? Poor one out for Kevin Shattenkirk, huh? (laughs) Yeah, he... He was on a hot roll there for a while, and then lately it just hasn't been good. And like I said early in the matchup, or early in the pod, get a little nervous that Chris might take the belt from me, so... Trying to get some of these close categories. Uh, That's weird. I I had like a huge skater game advantage over Chris yesterday. And I finished the day with the lead, but it was pretty small. And he's got a pretty big game advantage over me today. Yeah, one so of, it's like uh, might not be good. Yeah, one of those categories is D points, where Chris has a uh, a one defensive point lead on you. I would say that he's nursing a one point or one defensive point lead, but I think we both know that Darnell Nurse is hurt, so I can't make that joke. <laughs> I just want to let you know that's the only reason I I uh, even brought brought up defensive points because I I saw an opportunity to make a bad joke. Fair enough. I'll let you continue on this. (laughs) Shattenkirk, I'm not against picking him up again, but last night he got me zeros in every category. Yeah. So it's just like, uh, it was fun while it lasted. I know, speaking of Ducks, I dropped Henrique at the end of last week to, uh, because the the Anaheim had a few days off in a row, just to try to get some guys in so I could uh, make sure I won my close matchup. Uh, got him back for Monday, and he got hurt in the first period. So you and I both uh, not doing the well, doing so well with some of our uh, our streaming slots for ducks. Yeah, uh, and like also with that trade with Barry, uh, the the Trocheck trade. Yeah, I was gonna say you might have to specify that Barry made so many that I can't keep track of <laughs> who went where. I I did a, a whole segment on this later on, and you'll you could be you guys will get to hear it. It was thirty minutes. Just, just talking about just trades. I feel like this pod's gonna be really long, but yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. 
Yeah, so I hope everyone else is. I know Barry said he is. So. Yeah, Barry, Barry going full Brett almost. Except. Yeah. I feel like Brett was almost just making trades to make trades well, at some I th- points. I think, I think Barry was too in a way, but he was there was a purpose there. But I think he he really enjoyed making a lot in quick succession. Yeah, I mean, he definitely did. Um, I just remember in Brett's, I can't remember, it was maybe the Gallup deal where Spencer just gave him like a couple of thirds and fourths or something like that. That sounds right. I don't remember exactly what it was, but. It's like, yeah, you're just, you're embracing the tank a bit too much here, Brett. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Anyway, back on hockey. Uh, yeah. I, Obviously, I'm doing pretty good in the standings. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think your team is basically just as good as mine, though. Like, if you look at the Roto table, you're just, you're right there with me in pretty much everything. Um, let me just actually go look to make sure I'm not just making this up. No, I'm, I'm doing decent there. And I well, and to be fair, part of your big lead is because Chris doesn't know how to set up waivers. But, you know, that's, that's what it is. But yeah, so I... Yeah, definitely part of my pick lead is... Um, so Chris did the... He opened waivers a couple weeks before the season started. Yep. And I had, like, a bunch of guys who were IR eligible. So threw all those guys on IR. Some of them stayed, some of them didn't. Uh, but when he opened it, I grabbed as many guys as I could who uh, had games opening night. Oh, that's a real good To, like, idea. just maximize my games played. Yeah, and you spanked me on matchup one. Like, that wasn't even close. Yeah, so that that's that's where the lead in the standings is. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of hoping that my football's going. And I'm not really competitive in football. I'm focusing more on these other sports. I can boost my lead. It's it's working in hockey. It's not working as well in basketball. I'm doing fine, but other people are doing better. Yeah, I think you'll you'll get there though, but. Uh... Starting to get healthy in hockey, though, thankfully, and that's for, for your sake. And that's that's definitely playing a part, too. But kind of jealous you got Trocek, but he is only on a one-year deal. So I guess there's a little bit of that, too. But that's yeah. real good. I'll also give you a chance to talk on Troy Terry if you want. Troy Terry, unfortunately, the point streak is ended. 16 was a long run, though. 16, McDavid's at 17. So he's the unquestioned point streak leader now. Um, let's try Seidel. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Tricidal has a long one too. But Troy Terry, American hero, Fargo hero. Soon, hopefully, a long-term Anaheim hero, I guess. Yeah, would not mind uh, him and him and Zuber's kind of playing tag team in, in that regard. Do they play on the same line? No. No. He, he, Terry plays his catalog. 
Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, Zegers is skating with Milano, Sonny Milano, and I don't know who's on the other line. I think for a minute it was Nikolai De, or Nicholas Delorier, which was very unfortunate for a lot of people. I think I saw a lot of people online uh, complaining about that because Delorier is one of like, the biggest plugs in the league. And <laughs> you have this, this big old enforcer skating along with Trevor Zegers. doesn't really work out offensively. Yeah, it's the whole Zach Cassian with McDavid thing. Yeah, but Cassian's even better than Delorier. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed Delorier whenever I go to uh, free agent pickups and sort by hits. He's he's at the top. Yeah, he he is still he he has eighty six hits in nineteen games. <laughs> so That's... and yeah, playing. Uh, less than 13 minutes a game. Play less than how many? Oh, less 13. than 13. I thought you said 32 for a second. Like, well, I think everybody plays less than 32 <laughs> minutes a game. But So. I mean, I'm not going to pick him up, but if you're looking for hits, he's good for it. Yeah, the only thing I'll caution, though, is, as we said, 19 games already. That's more than most teams, so. You have to be cognizant of that, of course, but yeah, definitely, definitely, you are a team that I am um, quite scared about in hockey for for good reason. I mean, it, I mean, you were kind enough to say that my team is is up there, and I would like to think that they are. Hopefully, when they get healthy, they can prove that. But it is hard to argue with the team that has Connor Ray David. Take notes, Barry. Yeah. Uh, do you think your uh, your goalies are kind of suffering this year yeah that's so i'm gonna blame that on the fact that the islanders had a 13 game road trip to start the season and that they're currently dealing with the big COVID outbreak oh are they i didn't know about that yeah i think they're missing like geez maybe like two maybe two lines and like four of their six regular defensemen so they're going through a batter now so i like to blame it on on the fact that they were playing on the road for the first month of the season the first month and a half, rather. And, uh, and yeah, but Connor Hellebuck's been real good. So, Hellebuck's been good lately, yeah. yeah. It says he's only goalie 13, which is a bit surprising, but I think that the win total is probably to, to blame there. But he's, he's got a 920 and a 258, so. Yeah, that's, you can't complain about that. Yeah. Um, I also noticed... Uh, I thought Sorokin was doing worse than he was, and I think it's just because his last few games haven't been that good. Yeah, he was he was on a heater there. If you pull up his game log, he had three shutouts within five games, and the other two games yeah. had a 9.47 and a 9.13. Yeah, so I thought he was doing bad, and then I look at his stats, he's like 9.25. It's like, okay, he's, he's fine. Yeah, he's allowed uh, 11 goals in the last three games, and he still has a 9.25. <laughs> it's He's 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 pretty good. And the, I think he's also though. good there. Yeah, move yeah. has not done has not worked for him. Yeah, no, and like you can't even really blame that on the Seattle defense because like I believe the advanced metrics say that they're still like top half of the league, like expected goals. So like it's it's not looking good. But I watched the last period of Washington Seattle the other night and. That was a game where Grubauer had 37 saves. He had a 949 save percentage. 
he looked pretty good and Seattle got the win. So I'm, I'm hoping that he's just going to bounce back a little bit. I'm not, you know, delusional. I don't think he's going to do to do what he did last year, but I, I, I think he can, he can bounce back a little bit. He's too talented to be this bad. Yeah. How, how have you, uh, how have you enjoyed having Jamie Alexiak on your team? Um, unironically, yes. He's, it says he's only the 78th defenseman on the, the player Raider, which, uh, that seems a little bit weird, but for, for what I got him for, he, first of all, he has five assists in 18 games. That's more than I expected, but he's got 58 hits, 16 blocks. So you're looking at about three hits a game, about a block a game, a little over one shot per game. For for what I'm paying him, that's not too bad. I'm, I'm pretty content with that. Yeah, I don't know if Spencer still listens to this podcast, but... I, I like to think that he. I hope. I don't think so because I, I remember. I think I opened the first one, kind of lavishing some praise on him, trying to say, "Well, if you're going to listen to this real quick, maybe you know you might have a change of heart and come back." But I haven't heard anything from him, so. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to tell that story just in just in case he does. So, I think I nominated Alexiak. And he's a Kraken, so of course Spencer is in on him. Yeah. Then you're, you're like in my DM saying, "Oh, let's see how invested in the Kraken he really is." I don't remember the bid you put down, but it was. I think it. I think it was two by two, and that was as far as I was going to go. Like, because I I knew that was a price I was willing to pay, and I would I would have been happy to have him, but I I wasn't going to go full like I'm going to bid you up to like five million because that's just. And it's also a thick move. Like I don't, I don't mind kind of doing it to be funny, but I don't really intend on like actually messing up people's salary with that. Yeah, and then Spencer immediately passes. <laughs> you were pretty mad. <laughs> I think I was more mad that my plan back backfired on me as opposed to mad that I was stuck with him. Because I mean, as I said, I'm, I'm still still mostly happy with him. I mean. If he's the 70th defenseman, we got six defensemen on the team. So in your starting lineup, there's 60 defensemen, maybe one or two on your bench. So he's he's definitely rosterable in this league. Oh yeah, I, I think if you if you're good at getting hits and blocks, there's a spot for you in this league. You don't have to be the most skilled. Speaking of uh, Mario Ferraro, a guy that Barry I think Barry nominated and he passed on on surprisingly to me actually. Uh, he's he's the defenseman that's doing the grit stuff that I that I really like, and he's got nine points in eighteen games, which I did not expect. Yeah, I didn't expect that either. I saw his stat line recently, and I was surprised too. It's uh, a real good deal for me. <laughs> doesn't really shoot very much, but something's working in the offensive end this year. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I will take it. Just dumping it off to Brent Burns and letting him do the rest, I guess. Must be. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would mention the, the guy who's always mentioned as Zegers, but I have something for you later in the episode with that. So we can move on to uh, basketball here, where you said you're a bit uh, underwhelmed. I don't, that's not the word he used, but that's the vibe he gave off. But you are in fourth place. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I'm doing fine. I'm not upset. It's just, 
I haven't, I haven't lost a matchup yet. But it's like you see how far ahead of everybody I am right now in hockey. And then you look at basketball and it's like, why aren't you doing as well? <laughs> your, your basketball team is like the child in a family that gets like all B's and like a couple A minuses. But his older brother gets all A pluses. So the parents are a little bit disappointed in him, even though he's still doing better than the rest of his class. Yeah. And I think part of it is because I had some pretty, I started with Chris and Josh, and you were pretty soon after. Yeah, it would have been two matchups ago. And it was like, I I think all of those teams are pretty good. I'm actually not sure what's going on with Chris since then. Yeah, he's been struggling a little bit, I think. For his standards. I, I guess it's partially because of Luca being out right now, but well he only missed him for like my mashup and he still got Luca for like one or part of one game at least. Yeah. Well Yeah, and he's in tenth right now. Chris, I'll take Luca from you. Don't <laughs> worry. But, uh... Uh, but yeah, basketball, I'm I'm fine with it. It would just be nice. If I was doing as good in basketball as I, as I was in hockey. I think we all wish that, though. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Montrez Harrell, um, what what info did you have on him going into the season that spurred you to trade for him? Uh, not what he's done. Um, so I traded Weissman for him. Uh, Keith wanted Wiseman. I, I didn't approach Keith asking for Harold. Uh, I don't remember what the full trade was, but it was like Montrez and a first. And I think I got Tyrell Terry, and he's like since been waived by the Mavs. So I don't know if that's even worth naming. Um, but. Yeah, so Wiseman last year, was, he had a few good games early. Then I think he got hurt, and then he just kind of never really recovered. I think part of it, too, was the Warriors were trying to do too much with him, and he just wasn't really playing Warriors basketball because not having a training camp. He think he missed with, missed with COVID. He didn't really have the full preseason to get – acclimated and I think they just weren't really pleased with how how we fit but definitely the injuries hurt too yeah so the deal was like okay I mean Montrez probably better than what I'm going to give for Wiseman now uh because he's he left the Lakers went to Washington it's like okay he's got a new opportunity I could see him going back to uh, like it's Clippers days. Yeah. Maybe not quite as good. Like, I, I wasn't expecting him to be as good as he's been. Yeah. Um, Currently six among centers. Yeah. I'm obviously really happy with how that turned out. Um, 
Has Wiseman even played this nope. year? Nope, he's, no. he's not even cleared for, like, uh, basketball contact yet. Yeah, so, and his free throw percentage uh, back on Montrez. Um, he's shooting 82%. I don't think he's ever shot anywhere near this good from the free throw line. I have basketball reference bookmarked. I can uh, I can check that while you keep going on about him. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's been great. Uh, I think yesterday he had yeah yesterday he had 24 points, 18 rebounds. Yeah, like I'll definitely take that. Career 66.1 percent uh, from the line. He shot 70.7 last year. So yeah, he's up 12 percent. Up up 16 percent. Oh, and on his career, up 12 percent from last year. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully he doesn't tank. I've been happy with what he's giving me. Uh, see, have I? Did I make any other trades? I don't think I did. Uh, I I kind of have some. I had a question about that for you later on, so I'll I'll try to ask you to move away from trades. We'll we'll get back to them. I have I have them written down. Okay. Or I don't have like all the details written down, but I have like the name, the big names who were involved written down. I was kind of hoping you might remember, but it sounds like we may have, <laughs> I may have uh, gotten a bit too lazy with my my prepping. I mean, if you, I'm, you might check my memory if you just ask it. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, who's doing good for me in basketball? Jimmy Butler's been great. Jason Tatum, he's been getting better recently. His shooting, his field goal percentage was pretty low there for a while. I think he's turning around a bit. He's back over 40 now, so that's good. Um, Four straight games of 30 or more points. Yeah. Can't complain about that. It's real good. See, uh... Al Horford's playing regularly again. I was pretty miserable owning him while he was in OKC last year. <laughs> DNP, yeah. old. Yeah, every night. It's just like the season-ending DNP old. It's like, yeah. good grief. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, I got off the waiver wire. and He's been, I think he's like a top 10 power forward on the year. Yeah, coming back from... Uh... He's currently ninth. But yeah, coming back from the heart thing and deciding that he, with doctor's clearance, of course, that he could uh, come back, put up a cool 21 and 11 last night. Yeah, I dropped 41 fab dollars on him just in honor of uh, Dirk, but. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Power forward game. <laughs> That's. Uh, you ended up being way too much, but <laughs> I won him. Hey, I mean, we. I, I've spent a lot on on Fab this year with Geno Smith, so. I mean, I I think you you I think you're getting a bit a better return than I got from Geno, even though I got what exactly what I wanted from him. Yeah, I'll just get a longer term return, I guess. Yep. I mean, I was kind of hoping I would get two games out of Geno for this last week, but Russ came back early. But thankfully, Joe Flacco saved me. But we don't need to talk, we don't need to talk about my football team while we're talking about your basketball team. So, well, okay. I'll, I'll call out uh, Fooch. He's been disappointing this year. Um, 
Yeah, that's, rebounds, that's a weird one. Rebounds are good. He's just not getting as many shots, and he's not making shots at the clip he was making them last year. So, Yeah, that's what I didn't see coming. I thought he would continue, maybe not be as good of a, a shooter as he was last year, a jump shooter, but I, th- I still thought he'd be one of the best uh, centers for fantasy, but he's on that, and he's been in the COVID protocols for a while now. Almost yeah, I think weeks. he's close to being back. I, I get alerts on my phone that he's like questionable for uh he was questionable to come back yesterday, but he didn't. Okay, hopefully it's soon. Yeah. Uh I think so the Bulls have added like they added DeMar, DeRozan, uh they added a lot of players Ball. and I think it just takes away from who just touches on offense. Yeah, that's true. I don't I don't need him as much to I don't need him to score as much though, so it's not a huge deal. My team just kind of scores a lot in general, but it'd be nice if he Yeah, you had nine hundred some points last year. Jeez. Or last week, sorry. Yeah, I think it's me and Josh are competing for the season long points lead. Let's see. Oh wow, I I took a bigger lead on him than I thought I did. Yeah. Wow, you guys are both over four thousand. I am sitting in fourth place right now for scoring and I have a whole thousand and three points less than you in first. Like the gap between you in first and me in fourth is bigger than the gap between me and um, everyone but Sean. <laughs> everyone but Sean. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't really count Sean. That's for a multitude of reasons, in part due to J-Dub, in part due to Sean. But, yeah, yeah so yeah, the, yeah. Point, the point being, you're scoring a lot this year. Yeah, as we did last year, too. So, we'll just, I'm happy with our scoring. As a team, could use a little more from Vooch, though. Yeah. it is. I will say it is impressive for a team whose nickname is the Frostbite that you guys are always so hot. But... I mean, we got to stay warm so- somehow. That is, that is true. All right, I think now we can uh, move on to part of the big reason why we all love Alex so much in our league. Uh, the fact that he puts in all this extra work for us with uh, creating web apps. Uh, Spencer, when he had him on, talked a little bit about the uh, the coding process of scraping for the the year-long stats, but that's not his only app. And I uh, I don't want to spoil too much here, but I think there is a a new upgrade to one of them as well. But I'll this is where I'll shut up and let you talk because I don't know the first thing about this stuff. There is indeed a new upgrade on the app. Uh, if you go on there now, there's a game scores tab, and you can see it, it's primarily for the roto leagues, but I've got the football ones too. Um, you can go in and see like who had the most or the best individual game in terms of like coverage across all categories. Um, I don't know if, if you want to like a 
know I've showed you some of the basketball ones just because Steph Curry is dominant on there. Yeah, that's essentially the Steph Curry, the Steph Curry app. Yeah, basically. Except Fred VanVleet still has that top game. Yeah, you asked me to guess who had the top score on league history for basketball, and I did not come up with Fred VanVleet. Fred VanVleet last year had a game where he had 54 points, 11 threes, three steals, three blocks. He went 17 of 23 from field goals, nine for nine on the line. Yeah, he had an amazing game. Yeah, I, that, that sounds like the kind of game that would rate really well by games work. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, Jonathan Taylor is the official number one player in football or number one game in football. Now, for your for your football, is that just pure points, or do you have like some adjustments based on position? That was just pure points. Oh, okay. Um, I could do adjustments, but that sounds uh, very difficult. Yeah, I, I think in the spirit of uh, what the others do for roto, the point totals basically do that for football. Yeah, I, I think so. That's that's a pretty fair assumption, a fair assertion, rather. Do you want to take a guess at who's the top in baseball or hockey? Is this like best one game, right? Best one game. Um, baseball is probably. No, I'll give you a hint on baseball. It's a pitcher. It's not Corbin Burns. Um, is this Giolito's no hitter? Not. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can even find Giolito. Who would have had a who as a starting pitcher would have had a game? I don't there. I don't remember there being any big strikeout games. Um. Yeah, I have no clue who that is. It's gonna be Jacob Degrom. Oh, okay. That. See, when you ask me to guess things, it almost makes me want to think of like the non-obvious answers, but that makes a lot of sense. This one, this one was, I guess, kind of obvious. The the hockey one is not obvious, but I, I'll get into Degrom's stat line. Uh, he had he pitched a full game, so nine innings, no runs allowed, um, fifteen strikeouts, so no walks. I think he he must have allowed two hits because his whip was point two two. Yeah, so, that'll that'll do it. That's that sounds like a really really good game. Um, can you give me a hint for hockey? It's a defenseman. I kind of figured it might be. Um, I don't want to give you a team. I mean, At least like, not an NHL team. I can tell you a DSAC team. No, don't 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 need that. Might make it easier. Give me like can, okay. give me like a, a nationality and like an age range. I'm gonna have to look it up. Um, oh. Let's see, nationality Canadian. Oh, okay, that doesn't help. Yes, twenty-seven. <laughs> twenty-seven. So that would be, you've been drafted nine years ago. That'd be like a twenty-twelve draft. Um, I'll give you a draft. He was the twenty-thirteen draft. Oh, twenty-thirteen. He must be a. He must be an earlier birthday in the year. He must be like a. An October, November, December birthday. Um, he was not a high draft pick. 
went 206th overall. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah that's not going to help me then. Who is it? <laughs> you can go ahead. I'm not going to get it. It was Mackenzie Weaker. Wow. Chris will love to hear that. Um, I think this game actually happened against me in the playoffs last year. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you won anyways. but I, I won anyway, but I, here, here's what it was. It was one goal, three assists, so four defensive points, four shots on goal, seven hits, seven blocks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And one of those points was on special teams. Wow, that's... So he, he covered every category except face-offs. That's insane. Seven hits and seven blocks, all in a game where he put up four points. That's... Wow. So, yeah. Congrats, Chris. He has the highest game score by a lot. Yeah, I would imagine there's probably nobody particularly close. <laughs> now, the closest is Jacob Markstrom. Oh. From this year when he had a 45 save shutout. <laughs> I heard you say Jacob, and I kind of like perked up a little bit because I remember Chickren had at least one or two really good games last year. But I don't think he had anything, at least when he had his big offensive games, I don't think there was enough blocks or hits to put him too far up, though. But yeah, that, that's the new addition to the app. Uh, you can filter by team. So if you just want to look at your team, or anybody else's game, you could do that. You could filter by season, uh, and also look at all seasons combined. Yep. So there you go. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the other ones? I, I mean, like the, do you still keep up with the schedule one or the uh, oh uh, the value one or the schedule one? Uh, I took that one down. Oh, okay. Uh, I can update it. Still, though, the value one, I just never really had time to get going in other sports outside of baseball. Okay, yeah, but that's fair. If I, I find the time, I'm not opposed, because I did think that one was the coolest one that I had. Yeah, definitely, although it, it, although for your sake, it might be fun to keep that for your uh, your own knowledge. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That did cross my mind. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was kind of fun to to reveal that on the, the podcast. I'm excited about that, if nothing else, for the Steph Curry factor. Because you showed me, I think he's four of the top 10, and you told me he's 12th and 13th. So six of the top 13 are all Curry. Yeah, he's also, he's got 19 and 20 as well. So he's got <laughs> eight, eight of the top 25. Wow. Yeah, he's he's been a monster uh, since about like midway of last year. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. All right, well, I think we've kind of covered there, so we can touch on, lastly, the, the few questions that uh, we had people send in. First one up, uh, what sport would you most like to win this year? Um, probably basketball, just because I haven't won it yet. That was going to be my thing. That's that's what I thought you would say, too. Although part of yeah. me thought maybe you might just say hockey just to hold another one over me. But Actually, now that you mentioned it, that's probably true. I probably would enjoy that. <laughs> yep. uh, it would, if I, if I kept the hockey belt for the entire season, 
Oh, wow. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But <laughs> well, who, who's going to beat an accomplishment you? in itself. Who's going to beat you? You already faced me, so. Yeah, I faced you, but I, I, I kind of rigged it to have a big advantage over you. So I, I, right. I think when we have a rematch, especially as your team gets healthier, um, it'll be a closer matchup. Well, I don't think it could be any more one-sided, at least in terms of raw category score. I mean, I think I remember you were talking that uh, a lot of our matchups were like, a lot of the individual categories were like really close and they just kind of broke your way. But still, I think yeah. it was 11 and one, so yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't think I had a shot at face-offs, um, but I was kind of like eyeing that Stars game because I had Jamie Benn and Faxa, uh, and, and one of them got a face-off win with like a minute left in the game, and that tied that final category. Yeah. That was that was not fun. I, I honestly don't know if I would have rather had the one category win or if it's just the humor in having zero category wins outweighs having one category win because one category in the grand scheme of things is nothing by the end of the year. Yeah, especially when it's like a it wasn't like I even won it outright, so it's even less. Yeah. Um. All right. Next question sent in was, uh, what what's your favorite pet? And I promise this isn't me pulling the other, pulling the same guy I gave with Chris to try to like squeeze out like security question answers. Favorite pet I've ever had. I didn't I didn't get any qualifiers. I just got favorite pet. So okay. I'll let you answer this however you want. Well, my favorite childhood pet would uh, probably be. Yeah, we had a lot of dogs. So there's two that come to mind. One that I got when I was probably like eight, and then he was around until I graduated college. Um, and then there was another that we got right when I was about to leave. Uh, we got it my senior year of high school, and then I, I left. So I'll, I'll probably say Doc, the little dachshund who we had for a long time. Okay. Uh, just because we had him for so long. And then we also had Ranger, the Australian Shepherd, but but I only like lived with him for a year or two. I lived I lived with my parents for that final year and then left for yeah. college and didn't see him as much anymore. Mm -hmm. But he was probably the funnest dog I ever had. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and as shepherds are pretty energetic, so yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I, I unfortunately don't have a funny story about uh, Chris's. Oh yeah, I think I think it was a cat. Yeah, yeah cat named Patches. That was funny of a story like that. <laughs> that's probably for the best, though. That sounds that sounds kind of traumatic. <laughs> All right, I will I will extract one of that right now. Burning House, you can only save Dink or Waffles. Who are you saving and why? Oh, that's. <laughs> you don't have, you, you don't have, have to answer to that. save Dink or my wife will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good tie in to the next question was uh, how did you meet your wife? 
Oh, you could thank Ding for that one, actually. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so I lived in a, it was like an on-campus apartment at Nebraska. And she was visiting her friend who lived in the apartment above us. And it had like a little balcony area. And me and my roommate were just like hanging out on the balcony. And then we hear like these little, these little dog paws uh, uh, tapping around, walking, walking around above us. And we look up and I'm like, is that a dog? So my roommate, I, I don't remember, I think he like folded up a, or wadded up a piece of paper and managed to throw it on the balcony above us. It was like, we want to see the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they dropped a, uh, bucket down with a picture of a dog and, and then from there we ended up going and hanging out in the courtyard and playing with Dink a little bit and we just started talking and then that was that we started dating that summer um and yeah that that's how we met that's actually a really good story like that, that was a, I'm, I'm glad i got asked to ask you that question because that's <laughs> That's legit. Yeah, that's a good, good story. Um, well, favorite vacation. Someone vacation. gave me a lot of just like general questions. <laughs> Let me think. Um, unfortunately, growing up, so I grew up in the Dallas area, as I think everybody knows. My parents are from a small town in West Tennessee. So a lot of our vacations ended up just going there, which like, it's family. I, I love seeing all these people. Not the funnest place to visit on vacation. <laughs> yeah. um, we did do Oh, you know what? I, I have a good answer for this. What am I talking about? When I was in high school, uh, a group from my church would go to Colorado every summer and we'd hike up some mountains. So, or I shouldn't say mountains. It was just a single mountain each year. Um, so that was, that was probably the funnest. Spending time in the Rockies and uh, I got married in that area too. So. Oh, cool. It is a very, very picturesque area. Definitely. All right. uh, we have a demented person asking, how would you kill somebody and then get away with it? <laughs> I guess the, I guess another way to phrase this is, where can people in this league point the authorities to when I eventually go missing? You see, that, that's, why, that's how you get caught, though. Uh, you can't kill somebody you no, I think. Well, there's only like 12 or so people who know that you know me, so. True. 
I, I guess um, if it's like how this is gonna be weird. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like how do you kill a general person? I think you have to pick somebody you don't know. Um, Probably. But if it's how do you kill somebody specific and you do know them? Um, that's where it gets tricky. Um, I don't know. I, I've the first thing that pops in my head is the old Walter White Rison thing. I don't know if you watch Breaking Bad, so I don't know if that means anything. I, I saw like parts of some later episodes as a buddy was binge watching it in college in our uh, lobby. So I'm not, references are lost on me. Yeah, ricin's basically just a poison. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. For anybody who hasn't watched it, poison difficult to detect uh, makes it seem like you had a heart attack, if I remember right. So it's probably it. Uh, I don't know. We will. If, if Ronnie gets poisoned, though, I promise I didn't do it. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we can get that from you at least. Um, next one up here before we have a last question about sports. Uh, music taste. And I feel like you don't talk about music a lot. Yeah, I, I don't really listen to a lot of music um, anymore. Um, I've kind of had phases with bit of everything though except for country i've never been a fan of country country sucks so i don't blame you if if i go country though it's got to be like the bluegrass type country um i had a rap phase in high school i had a classic rock phase also in high school uh And then college it was kind of just a bit of everything, just whatever was on the radio. Like I don't have, uh, like people use Spotify a lot. I think yep. the only thing I use Spotify for is the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's where I get my that's where I get my music from. I don't do like Apple or uh, um, Amazon Music Services. Yeah, I, I haven't really been listening to anything. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, though, so oh. that's probably it. I mean, it's not music, but while I'm working, I'm generally listening to a podcast. All right, and then I have one last question that I think would be really funny to end on. But before that, uh, somebody wanted your thoughts on some of the trades you had made. Uh, we already kind of talked about some of these, but the James Wiseman trade, you already kind of gave your thoughts on getting Harold is more like a win now thing. Um, we touched on the Jose Abreu trade. These are all like recent trades too. I'm not going back to like Bellinger stuff. Don't worry. Um, we talked about the Murray Cooper trade. Right, geez, okay. We already talked about three of the five of these. Okay. So that leaves us with the, the Cole Caulfield trade. That was surprising. You sent Cole Caulfield for Vincent Trocheck. Yeah, it's just... Cole Caulfield, I, I like as a player, and I think he'll be good. But Trocheck 
does more now and he hits a lot more categories. Yeah, definitely. No pun intended with hits. He, he throws his yeah. body around a little bit. And Cole Caulfield, uh, you know something about being Cole Caulfield size, as do I. Um, probably not throwing the body around a lot against a bunch of uh, six foot, 200 pounders. Exactly. <laughs> and he's not getting any face offs either. Trishek's pretty good at that. Um, yeah, I mean, Caulfield's a fun player, and I hope. He's good he's for Barry. I, I hope he's good too. Just, just for it's it's good for hockey. It's good for for smaller players too if he's good. Yeah, it's just maybe don't do it this year so my trade doesn't look as stupid as fast. Yeah. I don't think it will though. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll age horribly. I mean, unless like Trocheck, like unless you like can't resign him or whatever. But I I think Trocheck's salary is cheap enough that you can probably make the effort to bring him back. Yeah, I think I'm fine there. Um, I'm not, but you, you are. <laughs> I'm running a bit more of a salary than you are. Yeah, you've got a lot of high-priced guys on IR. That's true, too, but even when they're uh, back, though. Um, yeah, so, like, at best, I think Caulfield is going to be basically what Troy Terry is right now. Oh, you think that's his ceiling? No, I mean, the Troy Terry point streak, I think, is like a Caulfield ceiling. Like, not not Troy Terry, the actual player himself. Yeah. I was going to say, because, like, Caulfield, if all breaks right, he could have, like, literal 40 goal ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, he's got a great shot. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, when I was on Twitter, like trying to figure out why he got sent down, a lot of people were blaming current Frostbite player Jeff Petrie for not passing him the puck of enough <laughs> on, on the power play. Is there problems in the Fargo locker room? Do we have chemistry issues? I mean, we may have. Uh, so, had to keep Petrie happy. So, sorry, Cole. We hope you do well. <laughs> Colorado with your new team full of literal top new prospects. Literal new team. Like Barry has a whole new team, I think, at this point. Yeah, basically. And then the last one in here is you mentioned that you grew up in a religious household and maybe haven't stuck with with that too much. And I think nothing exemplifies that better than you literally trading God to Chris. <laughs> uh, you traded oh, away Cordero Patterson in a move that I think we all were um very supportive of on your side. We thought you got a decent return, and then inexplicable things happened. I was not expecting him to go off and just be a top, I don't even know what he is, top whatever running back. It might be a little lower because he was hurt last week, but I'll look it up right now while you kind of talk about what he's done. <laughs> Yeah, I just flipped him to Chris for a third. Um, I, I threw him out there for everybody in the chat. Chris and Spencer were the only ones who showed any interest. Um, I asked Spencer if he matched a third. And Spencer's like, no, you just make that deal. It's too good to pass up. <laughs> yeah, he 
uh, performed way better than apparently everybody expected. Yeah, running back 11. <laughs> and that's with missing a week and having a bye week. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. He wasn't even a running back until this year, right? Well, he did some on the Bears. I believe oh, he, he did some running back, especially when Montgomery was hurt. But yeah, even even in a similar role in the Bears, like are the Bears just that bad? Like the Falcons aren't a good offense. Uh, I try not to pay attention to the Bears. Yeah. yeah. The Bears so, are just one of those teams that um, I, I can't remember them ever having a good offense. I guess the Jay Cutler years. And that wasn't even like probably a probably and that was that was more like Brian Urlacher on his last legs in the defense than uh than a, a good offense yet. But yeah, yeah, that's so not a good team. Maybe Justin Fields will turn it around there, but as it stands, like they're kind of a team I just avoid. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really think of the Bears ever. All right, well, that kind of no. covers all the trades here, and you've been a real good sport for giving me almost an hour and a half of your night, so... I will end on this one trade. It's or one trade. This one question. I've uh, I've made mention this a couple times. I think other people have picked up on it too. Uh, can you cuss for us? Just 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 one word. <laughs> Since you're asking, I won't. Oh. Okay. Now, uh, I'm not like anti-cussing. I just don't think it's that big of a deal that I don't do it. And then when people are think it's weird. It's really just me, to be honest. And I don't know. It's not that I, it's not that I think it's weird. I think it's just it's just something I noticed where like you like never even like for how much you talk in the chat, which granted still not nearly as much as I do, like the fact that you even avoided it completely was well, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. I just thought it'd be really funny to ask. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, like I said, it's just not really my thing. I don't mind it when other people do it. Um, I just don't. Yep, and that is very uh, respectable for, for how often stuff gets thrown around in the chat. So. That's a, a pretty good place to leave it. As I said, we've got almost an hour and a half plus the recaps, plus the, the marathon trade segment that Barry is solely responsible for. Um, Y'all are going to have probably over two hours of podcasting <laughs> to listen to. Oh, geez. So with that, I think that's a good place to, to say thank you and uh, let you go enjoy the rest of your night with uh, your wingman, Dink. Yeah, I'll give us some extra food tonight yeah it's make sure you tell tell him it's for us it's from us so. have you already recorded all the other stuff or do you still have to go do that i have to do uh football because i want to wait for the standings to be updated today and then i have to do the outro but i've already got the hockey segment uh basketball the trades and then the intros so well. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Um, um, at least I'm almost done, and it's pretty easy to put together. So, yeah. Perfect.
right, it is time to go into the trade segment. I am incredibly nervous about recording this because I am just totally prepared for uh, Barry to come in with about 10 more trades that'll force me to do a supplement to this. But until then, let's uh, let's kick off here. We have some, some baseball to start out with. Uh, we saw... Barry sent Jose Abreu and Cash to Alex in exchange for Jordan Groshans, Alex DeJesus, and Blake Walston. The reigning champion gets the 2020 American League MVP, a very good offensive presence, and a corner infield spot most certainly with Alex having a strong first baseman already. And Barry picks up uh, Groshans, I believe is the headliner in this deal. He's a power bat at shortstop for now, could end up being a third baseman, but... Hit pretty well in double-A uh, last season. Uh, Alex DeJesus, Alex trading away in Alex. That's shameful to see that uh, lack of respect for our fellow Alex. But he's a, he's a third-base shortstop tweener. Big frame, potential big power. J2 pick, so that just screams a, uh, a, very, a very special. I should say J2 signing, it's not a draft, but you know what I mean. And then uh, Blake Walston, uh, prep arm, coming out of high school. Obviously, that's what a prep arm is. Not really special at A-ball this year, but you're betting on the the breaking ball there, and he's got a good frame that could at least look like to fill out as a uh, a physically dominant starting pitcher. Remains to be seen, though. He's a long ways out yet, but he's got the frame, as I said, to, to be a, a quick mover. So we'll see how that goes. Um, the next trade-up saw Barry send uh, in a shocker, Cedric Mullins, someone who Barry loved to tell us about last year. Um, Trevor Rogers and Shane Baz to Keefe in exchange for Dylan Carlson, Alex Kirilov, Josiah Gray, Brandon Marsh, Matthew Liberator, and Spencer Howard. So with Baz here, well, before we get to Baz, let's probably talk on the, uh, the major leaguers here. Cedric Mullins went 30-30 was on the all-ballpark team, I believe. Barry loved the dude, and he traded him, which was a bit of a shock to us, but I guess maybe trying to sell high, but show some loyalty, Barry. That was a guy who you picked up off the off the scrap heap and and uh, watched dominate for the whole season, but he got a really good return, though, so I can't really fault him for it. Uh, Trevor Rogers looks like a very, very talented young pitcher for Miami, one of many that Miami has, but that'll be a real good piece for Keefe in and now. Uh, Shane Baz throws hard. He's got some really good stuff. Still a bit raw, though. Got roughed up in his brief stint in the majors this year. On the side of what Barry's getting back, uh, Dylan Carlson, pretty well-rounded corner outfielder. Got some plus power. Alex Kriloff, not quite the defensive player that Carlson is, but corner outfielder possible first baseman uh, very good hitter some plus pop there as well uh, Josiah Gray, pretty athletic pitcher uh, very very good in the minor leagues little bit, str- little bit of struggles in the majors but this was his first real cup of coffee and it was on a not good Washington team uh, pretty optimistic about Josiah Gray next up is Brandon Marsh who is a solid hitter got a very nice frame and a very nice beard as well but uh, the note I want to make here is Brandon Marsh was on Barry's team to start last year. He was traded 
in the much maligned Spencer Tarkelson trade. He reacquired him in, uh, wait, no, I'm sorry. He acquired him in the Tarkelson trade, traded him later in the year to Keith in exchange for Shane Baz, and then now has acquired him back, sending Shane Baz back the other way. I mean, I hope Brandon Marsh was renting and not buying a house. That's a lot of movement for him. Matthew Libertor, not exactly my type of a starting pitcher. He's got the good spin. He's put up really good numbers in the minors. He's he's a pretty good pitcher, to be fair, so far. But I think there's just a little bit more risk there than there is with uh, some other types of pitchers. And then lastly in this deal, uh, Spencer Howard was traded in real life in the Hans Krauss deal. Howard, obviously just a minor piece in that deal with Krauss being a headliner in that trade, of course. Howard was not good this year. He was bad in the bigs. He's got the frame. He's got the stuff. But it's all about control with him. If he can if he can fix his control issues, there's something there. If not, the, that could be a uh, long road for for uh, Howard to, to reach relevance in the majors. Uh, the next trade saw Jesus Sanchez traded two key from Nathan in exchange for Zach Eflin, Mason Wynn, and two 2022 thirds. Um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't realize Jesus Sanchez was on a minor league team. That was somebody that I was kind of tracking for maybe uh, a bit of a, a speculative free agent signing, trying to get ahead of the curb and try to get a, a good young talent for cheap. Uh, turns out, nope, Nathan had picked him up way early. Good minds think alike there, Nathan. Um, but good minds also think alike, and that Keith went on and got him. Sanchez, he's got big, big raw power. Flash some uh, some plus offensive tools. Last year, I think he could be a pretty good, pretty good fourth or fifth outfielder this year, coming up, and then could even have a higher ceiling than that. In talking in fantasy, like fourth or fifth for like a fantasy team, not for real life. On uh, Nathan's side, Zach Elflin is a a fine back of the rotation arm for for our league. Um, and the Mason win, he's an athlete. Potential two-way player. I believe there's talk that St. Louis wants to do that with him, but he'll really need to focus on that hit tool. Not uh, not great so far, but he doesn't need to be a, a 300 hitter to, to make it. So a bit of a project, but there's definitely something there. Uh, moving on to football, we had the least uh, fanfare for a trade ever with uh, Keefe and Murph swapping kickers. Youngway Koo to Keefe and Justin Tucker to Murph. No mention of it in the group chat, really. At least in terms of an announcement. Um, no video. Just kind of happened. Okay. Uh, the other football trade involved myself. I acquired Amari Cooper from Alex in exchange for my 2024 first and third round picks and Philip Lindsay. Um, I needed a wide receiver. To be quite honest, Robert Woods going out hurts, and Cooper is signed long-term. But I won't go too deep into this one with Alex being our guest. We obviously talked about that in the interview portion. Um, on the basketball side, Nathan was busy again. Uh, Nathan sent Dennis Schroeder and $1 million to Josh in exchange for a 2024 first-round pick in Nasri. Good asset management from Nathan. Um, 
got Dennis Schroeder and Evan Fournier from me last year in exchange for Killian Hayes, and I already flipped uh, Schroeder into Nas Reed and a future first. Nas Reed's been pretty decent this year. He's been a, a fine center, nothing really special, but very, uh, very good quality. And the other trade Nathan made, Barry, again, of course, involved in this one. Mitchell Robinson going from Barry to Nathan in exchange for Jalen Brunson in a 2023 first-round pick. Uh, Brunson coming off a, a pretty good week for Nathan. I mentioned him in the, the basketball recap. Um, very good backup point guard in Dallas. He's got good uh, like role-player value for this league. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, obviously a defensive monster and really effective at the rim. Offensively, going to put up really good field goal percentage numbers. It's a pretty good trade for the uh, the value of uh, of centers there. And then after this, we can get into uh, the hockey deals. This is where Barry went crazy and decided to turn over his whole team and stretch the limits of how many prospects one player can uh, can have in their system. We are at nine minutes into this segment, and I expect our time to probably more than double with this, but here we go. First trade, Barry sends off David Pasternak, Braden Point, and a second-round pick to the team of Jared Paolo in exchange for Capocacco, Alexi Lafreniere, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Rasmus Stalin, Rasmus Kupari, and Vasily Um Pasternak was the first overall pick, straight up the first overall pick in this startup draft and that was Barry's first mistake in hockey in my opinion uh, Connor McDavid was the easy easy pick there and Barry just decided not to and here we are about a little old, about a year and a half later and uh, he's already trading away Pasternak uh, Braden Point is a really good player in real life maybe not so much for fantasy he doesn't take a ton of faceoffs. he's not really producing in the counting stats outside of points for fantasy but he's got really good value yet. And to what Barry got back, Capo Caco was the second overall pick in 2019. Has had a very rough go in the National Hockey League so far. I personally was quite high on Caco in the draft. I thought there might have been a slight argument to take him first overall. Uh, I regret that opinion. But... Uh, We'll see if he can get it going, but the Rangers have not had a good luck with him. This is his third season in the NHL. He hasn't really started to show many flashes yet. He's real young, but uh, I'd be perhaps a, a bit a bit worried. Uh, next up, Alexi Lafreniere, of course, the 2020 first overall draft pick, also of New York. Uh, also hasn't been very good yet. He was taken as a very skilled and very complete player. Um, real good reputation in juniors, strong World Juniors performance, one of the very best players for Canada in the um, 2020 tournament, and just hasn't quite put it together yet in the National Hockey League. Only his second year, but you think for a first overall pick, you'd like to have a bit more impact so far, but the jury's far from out. Uh, next up, Rasmus Stalin, 2018 first overall pick. And uh, if you haven't sensed the theme here yet, also someone who's been uh, underperforming as of late. Had a decent rookie year, had a pretty good second year, but his third and fourth years have left a bit uh, a bit to be desired. 
the offense is bouncing back a little bit. He's not going to hit a lot of people. He's not going to block a lot of shots. He's not going to take a ton of shots. You're really hoping for Deline to be a power play guy and to produce some points for you and not be a negative for the shot department. So there's there's some fantasy value there, but at least in real life, you'd really Buffalo would really like to see him uh, take a step with where they are in their rebuild. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois um, taken third overall in way back in 2016. Um, had a bit of a bounce back here. Started out in Columbus, kind of ran into some things with Coach Tardarella there. Um, got himself traded to Winnipeg last year. Didn't really show up in Winnipeg at all last year, but it looks like he's getting back a little bit. Um, he had a real good bubble playoffs with Columbus in 2020, um, helping them knock off Toronto. When Dubois is on his game, he's a big physical center who was capable of driving offense and really... Uh, Really put up some points as he crashes the net and just kind of controls the game. Haven't really seen that in uh, in Winnipeg yet, but as I mentioned, looks like he's turned around a little bit. So I'm optimistic for Barry on that one. Uh, Rasmus Kapari, the 2018 20th overall pick. Man, LA is loaded at center. Uh, Kapari, who is a center, doesn't really have uh, much runway there to get top six time unless he shifts out to the wing or unless they trade him elsewhere. But he's looked decent in the AHL last year. He's up in the NHL this year. I there's a there's a decent player there. I don't not overly optimistic about him being an impact fantasy player, but he looks like he'll definitely be a guy worthy of a roster spot. And lastly, in this trade, still the first hockey trade, um, Vasily Podkolzin, twenty nineteen tenth overall pick, hasn't really shined yet at the pro level, both in Russia nor North America. But he's a complete player. I expect him to use his size to, to be a plus hitter for fantasy in terms of the counting stats. He'll get his shots off. But a lot of his game also isn't really fantasy relevant in terms of just how much he competes and the strong defensive uh, mindset that he has. I don't know how great he'll be defensively in the National Hockey League, but he really commits to that side of the puck. I think that could be a real good... Uh, a real good asset for, for Barry yet, though. The second hockey trade saw Nathan acquire William Carlson and Jakob Voracek from Nathan in exchange for Alexander Holtz and Arthur Kaliev. I still think Nathan looks a bit like Jakob Voracek, at least in terms of beard, long hair, and redhead, but face, not really a ton. Um, Voracek traded from Philly to Columbus, where he started his career. He's going to put up points. He's not going to take a lot of shots. He's a very soft player in terms that he's not going to get up hits or uh, blocks. But it's a good offensive piece for Nathan. And a pretty cheap deal to extend in the offseason, too, if Nathan chooses to. And then William Carlson, pretty much the last uh, center that Barry had in terms of someone who takes a lot of faceoffs. He's on a pretty good line in Vegas when he gets healthy again. I know Nathan is a bit of a Vegas fan, and that's why he went out and got... Uh, Carlson, blanked on his name there. I had actually been talking with Barry about Carlson a little bit. He was like the minor piece in a bigger package I was going for, but ultimately didn't really find any anything that we could agree on there. I think William Carlson would be a pretty good player for Barry, or for Nathan, rather. On Barry's side, though, Alexander Holtz, folks, 2027th overall pick. He is a sniper. 
decent frame, so I think maybe might get some hits. I don't think he's going to be throwing the body around, but coming up in Sweden in juniors, part of the Terror Twins with Red Wings stud Lucas Raymond. He's played very well in the AHL so far. The kid just can beat pro goalies with a shot. That's a real good attribute, and I think he's going to score uh, effectively at the NHL level. And the other piece Barry got was Arthur Kaliev, another sniper, score first winger. 2019 33rd overall pick. Slipped to the second round. I don't know why. Uh, I think teams just are scared of him being a one-way player. Doesn't really play defense. Can't skate very fast, but Kaliev has a heavy shot. He just shoots. And he scores. He was a big part of uh, the U.S.'s World Juniors run last year. The third trade that Barry made in hockey sent William Nylander to the team of Kevin and Keefe in exchange for Mason McTavish, Cam York, and Atu Ratu. Uh, Mason McTavish was the third overall pick this past draft in 2021. He's a sniper through and through at center. Very competitive player. He'll drive the net. And uh, notably... Uh, captained Canada at the World Junior Championships after uh, Kirby Doc's wrist got broken and looked all sorts of bent in ways that wrists should not be bent. Um, played a little bit in Anaheim. Anaheim sent him back to the CHL to not burn in the first year of his entry-level contract. He's looking like a pretty good player. Uh, Cam York was the 14th overall pick in 2019. Uh, fun fact, York was the first pick in our prospect draft uh, praise Jason there for uh, making the bad pick of Cam York to allow me to take Trevor Zegers. Thankful for Jason every day in this league. But about York, though, he's a smart offensive player. He's producing the AHL, putting up points as a defenseman. Bodes well, he was also part of that ridiculously loaded uh, 2001 U.S. team. Uh, that age group just dominated their their junior tournaments internationally. And then lastly, Atu Ratu, 2021-52nd overall. He fell way too far in the draft. He's much, much better than 52nd overall. There was, a, there was talk of him going first overall as early as, oh, geez, maybe let's say like a year and a half, two years out of uh, that 2021 draft. But uh, pressure kind of got to him. He did not perform in the top level of Finland in the Liga. But... Uh, that caused him to fall. Well, you got the confidence back a little bit this year. He's in Liga again, and he has already scored more points in, geez, I think he's only played like six or seven games in Liga than he did all of last year where he played like 30-something games. So I I have some, some decent expectations that Aturatsu could be a bit of a, uh, a bit of a steal pick in real life. I just still don't know why he fell all that far. I would have taken a risk on him much earlier than 52nd. Um, the fourth hockey trade, uh, we have Drew Doughty, Darcy Kemper, Marco Rossi, and a third-round pick going to Josh in exchange for William Eklund, Sebastian Kosa, Simon, and Simon Evanson. Um, Doughty is kind of Doughty now. He's in the back half of his career, but he still can be a good fantasy player. He's confident enough that he wants to, all the ice time he can get when he is healthy, so he's going to get his shots. He's not afraid to throw the body around. He'll be a, a valuable fantasy defenseman when he gets back. Um, Darcy Kemper has the, the good luck of playing on Colorado as a goalie. That's always a good thing. Got a lot of win potential there. And then Marco Rossi, the 2020 ninth overall draft pick. Very complete centerman. 
doing really well in the American Hockey League so far. Uh, COVID took out his last year. He did not skate at all. He was, like, bedridden and not in a good way from COVID, but thankfully he's back and healthy because he's a real talent. Admittedly, not a big Marco Rossi fan. I just don't think he's going to be what some people thought he would be at the draft. I think he'll be a fine NHL centerman. I don't think he has the top-tier offensive upside, though. I just was a little bit worried about how he got a lot of his points against the inferior competition in his junior league and the fact that at his age, he's already like maxed out physically. He's not really going to grow much. He's not going to add a ton more strength. I just don't see how he physically develops much further. But that being said, I mean, he's already grown man in a uh, a kid's body, despite the fact that he's only like 5'9". But there's something there. On Barry's side, uh, William Eklund, 2021 7th overall pick, another complete smart player. Got some time in the NHL before he got uh, sent back for the same entry-level contract, preservation reasons that Mason McTavish was sent back to juniors. Uh, did not look out of place at all in the NHL. I think William Eklund will be a very good player for San Jose. I think he's got the uh, the brains and, and talent to, to put up some points there. Uh, Sebastian Cosa, the 2021-15th overall pick. Really good goalie in the WHL right now, playing for Edmonton. He's a very confident young man. He is large, and he was the first goalie taken last year. A lot of people had Jesper Wallstedt as better, but Detroit took the risk on Kosa. They liked his, his makeup, and they liked his um, his physicality and perhaps his maturity, I believe, a bit more than, than Wallstedt's. Wallstedt is a bit more of an athletic goalie. Kosa is athletic as well, but being a bigger frame, he's a bit more technical, and he's a bit less reliant on making the spectacular save because he's just always in the right spot. And uh, Simon Evanson. 2021 sixth overall pick of Detroit, thought to be a bit of a boomer bust guy where he could maybe not really pan out or he could really pan out. And so far, he has really panned out in the SHL. He is a big six foot five. He's mobile. He skates very well and moves the puck very well. And the points for his age in that league, ooh, that's real good. Detroit fans, like myself, very, very happy with Edmondson's. Um, progression so far and perhaps Barry will be as well in fantasy I could see him being big enough to to pick up some hits and some blocks as well I don't think he's you know Radko Gudis but I think he could be a very well-rounded fantasy defenseman uh, next up we saw Barry trade Cam Talvit and Victor Arvidsson to the team of Jared and Paolo in exchange for Alex Turcott. Cam Talbot is bit on the older side, but he's still a productive goalie. He's on a good team in Minnesota, so there's going to be win potential there. They don't have a strong backup yet. I mean, Capo Kakonen is not that great in my eyes. I don't think he's anything all that special. So with Talbot, Jared, and Paolo are getting a guy who's going to bring some good volume in a reliable starter in in this league is, is worth, worth a good amount. And then Victor Arvidsson, a... Bit of a small shoot first winger. Scored 30, I believe, for Nashville one year, or really damn close to it. Hasn't gotten back since. He's not going to do anything in the faceoffs, I will say, as a winger. The blocks and hits won't really be there. You're really hoping that he can put up points in L.A. and that he can can shoot the puck, but I don't know if his shot totals are maybe as high this year as maybe like from him. But on Barry's side, 
Uh, Alex Turcott, the 2019 fifth overall draft pick. Yeah, Barry's got a lot of, of top 10 draft picks in the last three years and these trades. Um, Turcott was thought to be a two-way center, very, very competitive, um, some good offensive game. And to be fair, he's doing pretty decent in the AHL. But if you were to look back at that 2019 draft, um, he would not go fifth overall. He's not as good as Trevor Zegers. He's not as good as Dylan Cousins. He's not as good as Moritz Sider. He's probably not as good as Cole Caulfield. I mean, there's there's a good number of guys in 2019 who would go above him. I still think Turcotte would be okay, and he's another centerman in the LA Kings organization. As I mentioned with Kapari, that's a lot of centers in LA. And I think Turcotte could be a fine NHL player. I'm a little bit skeptical about what he'll do for fantasy, though. He's definitely a guy who has, has fallen off um, in the eyes of of people who follow prospects more closely than I do. And to this point, the last trade here um, saw Nathan acquire Nikolai Ehlers from Barry in exchange for Spencer Knight, Anton Lundell, and Fabian Lizelle. Folks, this was bad. I do not like this trade for Nathan at all. Now, before I get into this, Nikolai Ehlers is a, is a very good player. He's going to put up points. Winnipeg is a good offensive team, at least on paper. And I think Nathan will be happy with what Nikolai Ehlers brings to his team. However, I would not trade Spencer Knight straight up for taking that Nikolai Ehlers. I might not even trade Anton Lundell straight up for Nikolai Ehlers. And I think there's a real good chance here that in a trade that involved four assets, Nathan got the third best asset and gave up the first, second, and fourth best assets. But their prospects, no guarantees. Ehlers is a known commodity. So we'll see, but don't like this at all. Spencer Knight, 2019, 13th overall pick. Top-tier goalie prospect. In my opinion, the best goalie prospect in the world coming into this season. And as we all know, goalies are worth a ton in this league if they're very good. And I think Spencer Knight is going to be very good for a very long time. He's always dominated his age group. With the U.S. NCDP, dominated at BC, had a very strong start to the NHL last year, picked up pretty good this year, but has fallen off a little bit lately. But he's still real young. He's big. He's smart. He's got good positioning. He's got good athleticism. I just see Spencer Knight being a very good goalie for a very long time. Uh, next up, Anton Lundell, the 2020 12th overall draft pick. A very smart player. Um, I believe he was left off some Swedish junior teams internationally that kind of raised some eyebrows. People were questioning, like, what is it about this kid that he has all the talent in the world, but why is he not on these teams? But he's looking like that might have been a uh, mistake on the Swedish part. Um, he's looked real good in the NHL already. He's been up so far. He's already passed his nine-game mark. Uh, he's winning faceoffs. he's defensively responsible, he's holding his own in that zone, he's one of the better rookie point producers. I mean, and being a center in this league is, is huge for our, our fantasy purposes with the, uh, the face-off win category. Centers are a bit more defensively responsible, at least they're supposed to be, so you're probably going to see a bit more blocked shots than you will from wingers. Um, and Anton Lundell has the look of a guy who can maybe here within a couple years be producing at a similar offensive rate as Ehlers and then bringing more to the table in other categories while being younger. 
And then lastly, Fabian Lazelle, 2021 21st overall draft pick. Very good skater, very skilled player, really good at creating for himself and others. He is producing well in the WHL so far. I think Boston could have a, a decent player there. Once again, still a bit early, so I mean, he was just drafted a few months ago. Nothing really has changed too much in his projection, but still could be a pretty good uh, second, third line winger. Probably not going to be a, a star in this format for our league, but could be a pretty good offensive player there. And with there's almost 30 minutes on just trades alone. Hopefully, you won't have any uh, addendums, any more recordings tacked on to the end of this before I release this episode uh, Wednesday morning. But there's your uh, your input on all these trades so far from, you know, the, the all-knowing uh, Ronnie. Well, we did have another trade go down after all this. Not very big, but I don't want to forget it in next week's episode, but... Uh, Josh made a trade announcement, which instinctively gets me nervous, but instead it was him selling Sterling Shepard to Paolo in exchange for a second-round draft pick. Um, fine value for both sides. Still not 100% sure what Paolo's motive is, um, acquiring all the receivers and all the Giants receivers minus Tony. But hey, that's uh, I can really say the same thing about me having so many Colts and Colts running backs. So I don't have the... Uh, the high ground there. All right, uh, let's recap this past week in hockey. Our uh, first matchup will be Tom taking down Josh nine to three. Josh, a uh, a bit of a surprise start so far for someone who spent most of last season selling, but there's a lot of quality on his team, and he takes a, a bit of a surprising loss off the bat here. Uh, Tom's D was just exploding with points just all over the place, just covering everything here. Uh, a goal and five assists for Alex Goligoski, uh, not noted for his offensive prowess. Two goals, three assists for Zach Wierenski, whereas uh, the standout on Josh's team would have been Artemi Panarin picking up four apples uh, this week. Next matchup was uh, Chris taking down Barry as Chris uh, tries to get his season back on track. Uh, this is an 8-4 to four victory for Chris. Uh, three goals, two assists for Kale McCarr, a goal and three assists for Clayton Keller and Marty Nietzsche's apiece. In uh, Barry's equivalent of the last dance for hockey, but with a different sport and, uh, quite frankly, a much, much worse team than the 98 Bulls. Whereas uh, Chris was carried by uh, five goals from Andrew Mangiapane, who is currently tied for second in uh, goals in real life uh, with Alex Ovechkin and behind Leon Dreisaitl, did not have uh, Mangiapane on my radar for this. And then also six assists from John Carlson, noted John Carlson, who Chris just doesn't like and wants to trade. Whatever. Uh, next up, uh, Nathan takes down uh, Dylan, who, you know, not really putting in the effort this year, but is what it is. Uh, two goals, five assists for Kirill the Thrill as Kaprizov is starting to break out finally after a slow start. And then also a goal and five helpers for Victor Hedman on Dylan's side. Whereas uh, Nathan was boosted by one goal and four assists from Jaden Schwartz. And then three goals and two assists from Joel Eriksson-Eck. 
Uh, the next matchup saw first place Alex take down the duo of Kevin and Keith, seven to three to two. Uh, really not the biggest offensive week for Alex. Uh, Connor McDavid only had two goals and three assists. Uh, Brian Russ picked up four assists. Jake Gensel got three goals and one assist. Quiet week for the Ducks. I believe they only had two games, so not a ton of time to rack up the points. And then uh, Tristan Jari with two shutouts in this matchup period. Uh, Kevin and Keith tried their best against the best team in the league, but uh, fell just short despite uh, Matthew Kachuk going for a goal and four assists. And then Johnny Hockey. Uh, four goals, three assists on the week for Johnny Gaudreau. That's a, a very good week for him. And then lastly, in a matchup that was far too close for my liking, I take down the uh, duo of Jared and Paolo, 6-3-3. to three to three. Not a big uh, offensive week for me either. Alex Ovechkin scoring three goals and picking up an assist was really my only noteworthy offensive performance. And then in goal, uh, Connor Hellebuck got some Edmonton revenge um, a few months too late, as opposed to doing this in the finals against Alex. Played Edmonton twice this week, only allowed three goals. Could have really used that uh, last year. On uh, Jared and Paolo's side, three goals and an assist for Leon Dreisaitl and Alex Dabrinkit apiece. And then one goal and three assists for Mats Zuccarello. Uh, taking a look at the categories and which teams... Uh, won each category for the week. Chris with 22 goals. Chris with 35 assists. Alex with 291 face-offs. Uh, myself with 204 shots on goal. Um, Alex and Chris splitting hits with at 114 apiece. Josh taking blocks with 80. Tom with 18 defense points. Chris with 16 special teams points. And then a four-way tie for wins. Four piece between Alex, Kevin Keefe, Dylan, and Tom, and a total of 229 saves for myself. And then Alex winning the goalie ratios, a 1.135 goals against, and a 956 save percentage. That's ludicrous. That's real good. Um, we'll go into the new edition this week, Barry's Top 5 Skaters and Top 3 Goalies. Top five skaters, first star, Zach Wierenski of Tom, second star, Victor Hedman of Dylan, third star, Johnny Gaudreau of Keith, fourth star, Andrew Mangiapani of Chris, fifth star, Kale McCarr of Barry, and on the goaltender side, uh, first star, Jacob Markstrom with Nathan, second star, Jack Campbell with Keith and Kevin, and third star, Tristan Jari. Um, this week leaves the standings of Alex in first place, 16 whole games ahead of yours truly. If Alex and I were to play this week, which we aren't, I could beat Alex 12-0 and still be four games behind. And we've only played, I think, five matchups. That's nutty. That's that's nutty. Uh, third place, Nathan now. Fourth place, Josh Fifth place, uh, the team of Jared and Paolo, who tumbled down a couple spots after losing to me. Uh, welcome to the fucking show, boys. That's what happens when you play me. Uh, Chris in sixth. Tom in seventh. Eighth place, Dylan. Ninth place, Kevin and Keith. And uh, tenth place, Barry, who I believe currently has um, a couple pucks, a used stick, and a part-time equipment manager on his roster. And that's it. 
And then if you take a look right now, we could say who is playing who. We have what I'm told in the chat is a uh, a big matchup between myself and Nathan, second versus third. But to be quite honest, and I'll be this arrogant on the pod, I don't think Nathan's team is all that good. I don't think this is a big matchup. I think this is one that I'll win decently comfortably. Please feel free to clip this when I inevitably lose. Uh, we have fifth place, Paolo and Jared, versus ninth place, Kevin and Keith, a battle of the hockey ringers, because we all know Keith and Paolo ain't paying attention to those teams. Uh, first place, Alex, and sixth place, Chris. Fourth place, Josh, and eighth place, Dylan. Seventh place, Tom, and tenth place, Barry. All right, on the basketball side of things, uh, let's start with Tom taking down Paolo 7-1-1. to one to one. Big victory for Vegas this week. Getting 117, 19, and 20 from DeMar DeRozan, whereas Paolo got 87, 24, 19 for Harden, and then 82, 23, and 39 from Russ. Uh, Alex beat Nathan 7-2. 73, 19, and 33 for Jalen Brunson. 65, 26, and 13 for Nicole Jokic. And only two games for Nathan. Whereas Alex uh, was led in victory by 127, 36, and 17 with 17 three-pointers for Jason Tatum. And then a 92, 18, and 19 split for Jimmy Butler. Uh, Nutt took down Dylan 6-3 behind 83 points and 15 three-pointers. I don't know why I did this in the wrong order. Um, but Nutt won with 58, 27, and 33 from LaMelo, whereas Dylan had 83 points and 15 three-pointers from Gary Trent Jr., and then 70, 17, and 24 from Fred Van Vliet. Yikes, my bad. I should really put the winners on top of my notes to prevent that from happening. Lesson learned. Uh, Keith takes down Murph 6-3. I believe this will be Murph's first loss. And the first loss for his team in general, this this, this franchise, uh, this year. Keith was led with 113, 36, and sorry, 103, 36, and 13 from Carl Anthony Towns. Murph's star performer, 66, 26, and 9 from uh, Miles Bridges. Josh takes down Ping 7 2 in typical Josh overwhelming fashion. 99, 31, and 13 with 15 stocks for Anthony Davis, 148, 15, and 13 stocks for Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't know how Josh is being beat. 75, 13, and 21 for Brad Beal, 90 points for Andrew Wiggins, not nearly enough from Ping despite two pretty good performances there. Uh, Barry took down Sean, 7-2. Uh, Sean got 48, 22, and 13 from Anthony Edwards. 48, 11, and 11 for Jalen Suggs. Not a whole lot there on Sean's side. Barry got 60, 18, and 27 from Cole Anthony. And then 98, 29, and 14 from Kristaps Porzingis. Lastly, yours truly took down Chris 6-3 with 90, 17, and 12 from Jordan Poole. And then 89, 13, and 19 with 19 three-pointers from Steph Curry. Chris had 77, 9, and 20 from De'Aaron Fox. Then 87, 17, and 10 for his new pickup, Zach Levine. Uh, Taking a look at the categories this week, Tom leads in field goal percentage with 49%. I won free throw percentage with 88%. 102 three-pointers made for Alex. 341 rebounds for myself. 
214 assists for Josh, 57 steals for myself, 39 blocks from Josh, only 43 turnovers from Sean, the perks of not having a lineup to really set, and then 932 points from Alex. Nobody was particularly close on that one. That was brutal. Uh, Barry's five stars here. First star, Jason Tatum of Alex. Second star, Christos Porzingis of Barry. Third star, Giannis Antetokounmpo for Josh. Fourth star, Anthony Davis for Josh. Fifth star, DeMar DeRozan for Tom. Heading over to the standings to see how those matchups change things. We have a new uh, first place team. The Connecticut Whale are now sitting in first place. Three games up on Murph and Nutt. Fourth place has Alex. Fifth place has Dylan. Sixth place is myself. Seventh place is Keith. Eighth place is Tom. Ninth place is Barry. Tenth place is Chris. Eleventh place is Ping. Twelfth place is Nathan. Thirteenth place is Paolo. Fourteenth place is Sean. And as for the current matchups for this week, uh, yours truly got a chance to laugh at a, a strong victory against Chris, only to check this week and realize that he has Josh coming in to just absolutely demolish me, I would assume. Um, we have Ping versus Sean in a, uh, a true matchup of the movable force meets the very uh, resistible force. Yikes, way to go, Ron. Um, Barry takes on Keith. Murph takes on Dylan. Chris takes on Nathan. Nut takes on Tom. And Alex faces Paolo this week. All right, and with football, we can lead off with Barry beating Nut 108.82 to 105.26. Tua made his debut for Barry. Deontay and Terry McLaurin combined for nearly 40 for him. And uh, good news for Nutt. I don't want to get too personal here, but he and I had talked about him having perhaps a uh, bit of an infection there uh, below the belt. But uh, his nut, Zach Ertz, no longer as he went for uh, 24.8 points. I apologize, Nutt, for making that bad joke and potentially making other people... Yeah, never mind. Uh... Josh beats Ping 137.86 to 62.46, a a big, big blowout here. Uh, Cam rises from the ashes, 26.16 points in his Josh debut. And uh, some double QB action for the Labia here as, uh, for the first time, both the quarterback and offensive player slots filled by QBs. They did not do very well, though. Uh, Next up, we saw... The biggest blowout of the week, uh, Murph taking down Dylan 139.2 to 56. Austin Eckler had a hell of a day, a day that usually would be the top running back score of the week. 38.5 points, four touchdowns. Massive, massive performance. Dylan did not have a quarterback with Lamar Jackson ill, and Godwin could not make Dylan. Oh, God. I, I had a joke there, but I'm going to finish it because I fucked up my own. Uh my own setup. Um, Tom beat Alex 130.2 to 109.2. Hey, Saquon's back for Tom, finally. 
uh, MVS leading Tom with uh, 20.3 points. And then Alex had the highest scoring quarterback duo of the week. Taylor Heineke and Trevor Simeon combined for 47.3 points. That's still less than what Jonathan Taylor did, though. Um, Keefe stays undefeated, beating Wham's 138.68 to 83.9. Everybody hurts. When they play Jalen, that is, uh, 30.78 points. Garbage time didn't really come into play here with Hurts, but ran for just ran all all over that defense. And then Wams' Bucks duo of Brady and Evan Brady and Evans was uh his foundation there, but just not enough around them. Uh Paolo came back and beat Nathan 120.2 to 101.52. Rogers gave a real uh shot in the arm. There to Paolo's listless team, put up 33.5 points. While Justin Herbert was able to best Rodgers and score, Nathan was, however, let down by uh, the trio of Cobb, Cooks, and Tyler Johnson. Couldn't, uh, couldn't give Herbert the win there. And lastly, your highest score of the week, yours truly, beats Chris 144.26 to 97.94. Uh, Jonathan, or Justin Jefferson revenge game with 33.2 points, but it didn't matter because Mahomes and Dak, the vaunted quarterback duo, barely scored over 10 points. That's that's what sunk Chris. But on my side, Jonathan Taylor, five scores, 200-plus yards, 51.9 points, the most points a single player has scored in any matchup in the history of this league. Absolutely historic. Doric performance. And with that, we can go into a Jonathan Taylor minute here. Some fun Jonathan Taylor stats and facts on the season. He has more runs of 30-plus yards than all other 31 teams in the league. He has the most runs of 10 or more yards with 30. He is leading the league in rushing with 1,122 yards. He is third among qualifying running backs in yards per carry with 5.8. He is first in rushing touchdowns with 13. He is first in total touchdowns with 15. He is first in scrimmage yards with 1,444. This dude is a stud. And then we can go into the uh, the hashtag perfect lineup here. Uh, Barry kind of spoiled this by showing his is uh, aggregation of points scored by players this week, but the perfect lineup, quarterback, Justin Herbert, running backs, Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler, wide receivers, Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams, tight end, Zach Ertz, your flexes, Joe Mixon and Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Moore would have pushed McCaffrey out, but Elijah Moore is uh, not on our roster right now. The super flex spot, Aaron Rodgers and kicker, Nick Folk, Although Evan McPherson and Jake Elliott both put up better weeks, but they were on waivers. And after that, we can take a look at the standings and playoff picture here. Keith still at 11-0 in first place. Second place, uh, Whams. Third place, Murph. Both at 8-3. Fourth place, Nathan. Fifth place, me. Both at 7-4. Sixth place, Chris at 6-5. Uh, Paolo 
or sorry, Dylan then Paolo in seventh and eighth, both at six and five as well, but they don't have the tiebreaker on Chris. Uh, ninth, tenth, and eleventh are all four and seven. That would be Josh, Barry, and Tom. Uh, Alex in twelfth at three and eight. Nut in thirteenth at three and eight, and then Ping in last, still winless. Uh, Keith has a one hundred percent playoff odds per ESPN. Uh, Wams and Murph are both at ninety nine. Nathan is at 91, I am at 90, and Chris is at 80. The only other teams with odds are Dylan with 4% and Paolo with 36%. So here we are going into uh, week 12, and the playoff pitcher, according to ESPN, seems uh, mostly set, although Paolo still has a, a puncher's chance, it looks like. We'll see what he can do here. And with that, we can wrap up this part with uh, a look at who is playing who this week. I have Tom in 5th versus 11th. We have 1st place Keith versus 8th place Paolo, which I believe is a belt matchup. I probably should have had uh, Alex talk about that with me, but oh well. Um, next up is Alex in 12th versus Nathan in 4th. Wham's in 2nd versus Dylan in 7th. Murph in third versus Josh in ninth. Chris in sixth versus Barry in tenth. And last place, Ping versus second last place, Nut. All right, and that'll do it for this week. Thank you very much for listening, as always. I appreciate the feedback I get back on how I can improve. I'd like to give a special shout-out to Barry for taking it upon himself to uh, create something that allows us to see at least in the category leagues, who approximately was the uh, the highlight performers of the week in in the, as a ranking, as opposed to just kind of shouting out random guys on all of your teams. I appreciate Alex for coming on and giving me... Uh, the phone call itself was almost an hour and a half. I think we got about an hour and 15, hour 20 or so of audio for the podcast. And... Uh, Alex is someone I think I'll have on here for various things. I forgot to bring this up with him on the pod, but I had talked about this with him separately. And I think we'll be seeing Alex on certain episodes for things that he can use his apps on. Like when we do free agencies, I think I might bring him on to try to come up with uh, some do, do some recaps with that. Um, maybe like end of season stuff to kind of see you know, like the deserve to win a meter stuff and and uh, all those things. But I think all the, that he brings to the league gives him uh, almost like a Swiss Army knife type feel for for finding certain episodes for him to uh, to come on. And lastly, I would also like to thank Barry a second time for giving me a whole half hour's worth of content with his just absurd trade pace. I mean, that was... That was truly something, and that gave me a lot to talk about in this episode that will surely approach two and a half hours, the longest one so far. I sincerely hope I... I don't know if I hope I break this or if I hope I don't in terms of of length in the future, but yeah, a very good episode, and I think you'll all enjoy it if you have gotten this far, and I will talk to you all next time.